Hello and welcome to The Lineup Amplify. I'm your host, Emma Barton, and today I'm joined as music enthusiast and host of Radio Energy's One Hour, One Artist, Jack Donnelly. Hello, Jack. Emma, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to do this podcast with you today. It's going to be so much fun. But I have to ask, are you not absolutely knackered? You know what? I'm better off than Sean, Jess and Aaron will be because I managed to come home and get three hours of sleep before I went back in and did my final ever Radio Energy show this morning, which was... It was a time. It was a time. I know, and I listened in to hear the last ever one and I know that you guys did Taylor Swift... I mean, is that really the artist that you wanted to end on? Maybe not. Well, I, I wanted to do, I wanted to get Jess on the show. It mm-hmm. wasn't the artist I potentially expected to end on, but <laughs> I'm happy I managed to get it on and Jess had a good time. So that's all that really matters. Yeah, love that. So what sort of inspired you to start that show? Like why specifically One Hour, One Artist? Well, for me, I feel like throughout my university career and starting to kind of build my portfolio as a journalist, I feel like I almost went down one specific route, which was sport. I feel like I was just the sport guy from the beginning of uni. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that's not my only kind of interest. I have interest out with that. And I realised I didn't actually have a show on Radio Energy at the start of the year when I was, I think, Head of Production was the title that I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just thought to myself, well, what can I do here that, will be able to put across something else I'm interested in while still having that overseeing control of energy while I'm still here. And I thought, you know what? I'd just like the thought of playing some of my favourite artists for an hour on radio every week. So that's basically where the pretty simple concept came from. I'll just play an hour of songs from an artist I'm into. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. So you said, obviously, that you wanted to create a show where you were just playing like your favourite artists every week. But who would you say are sort of like your favourite top three, maybe, artists, we'll say? Oh, that's the such hardest a big question. question. <laughs> wow. I should have prepared for this. I should have prepared for the hard questions. Because it's a very difficult question because you can answer all time or you can answer who you've been listening to a lot of now. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing with music is that you're it's always changing, isn't it? And that's hundred percent. Yeah. It's hard to kind of think of one, you know, one person. But yeah, just who right now are you listening to? Right now, I've been listening to a lot of a guy called Ollie Sholatan. He's an American artist, a writer, a musician, and actor. I actually discovered him because he played Carlton Banks in the kind of reimagining of the Fresh Prince of mm. Bel Air series that get put out and. I kind of looked into him a little bit, found out he had some music out and listened to it. Kind of ranging different sides of R&B and I thought, this is actually really good. Uh, there's a song called Lie To Me, which is absolutely fantastic. And I've been listening to that a lot recently. I've been on, I think, as have most of the world, been on a bit of a Jack Harlow kick, just ahead of yeah. the album coming out tomorrow, I think it is actually, on mm-hmm. the day of recording this. So I think everyone went wild for that snippet of First Class where he sampled Fergie and I just kind of delved back into him a little bit more from that did an episode of the show on him I think it's changed every week just to kind of listen back to whichever artist I was planning on doing because I was listening to a lot of Kendrick Lamar a couple of weeks ago me and Cam were doing a lot of research on Kanye at a point but and I think this year more than most I've been listening to Sam Fender so much more than I was Everyone. because I went and, I went and saw him live <laughs> and a lot of the songs went viral but yeah, just kind of delving back into the deeper dregs of his discography as well has been really good fun. Yeah, and I know that you obviously, you know, as you say, you went to go see Sam Fender. You do go to like quite a few gigs because I even bumped into you at Stormzy. Um, did, yeah. So what is like the your favourite artist that you've seen live? 
Uh, I think I did actually have this thought process the other day, or I'll say the other day, a few weeks back, of kind of my top five gigs. And number one was Kendrick Lamar at the at the Hydro, actually, mm-hmm. in 2018. I saw him twice that year because he came and did summer sessions, but the gig, the arena tour, the arena concert was so, so much better because that was a crowd for him. Mm-hmm. Summer sessions, it's just anyone just goes for the drinking aspect, the kind of day out rather than the music. But yeah. Everyone at the Hydro there was there for the music and it was just so, so good. One of my favourite artists of all time. And he definitely did not disappoint. <laughs> he was brilliant. Sam Fender was... I think Sam Fender made it into my top three. Uh, obviously, we saw Stormzy. He was great. I saw Dave this year as well. Yeah. And I remember seeing Dave at the Academy, the O2 Academy, for 20 quid back in 2018 when I was... No, aye, 2018, I think it was. And just how good he was there and it's translated over onto the big stage as well so mm-hmm. I feel like I've missed out because I was meant to go and see uh, oh who was it uh, Biffy Clyro at, mm. at Bell Houston Park in kind of last summer but I got really ill the day of and had to oh. pass up on it which was a bit of a bit of a shame because that would have been my first gig after Covid and ended up having so to wait good. until until uh, Sam Fender I think it was yeah. or Dave one of the two now, obviously, Biffy Clyro, they're, like, a massive Scottish band. And I mm. think, like, Scottish music is sort of massive, especially, you know, for us being Scottish. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to, like, focus on, um, you know, making this sort mm. of website and stuff like that. So who would you say are sort of, like, your biggest um, artists, you know, from Scotland? I mean, we've always got, like, Paolo Nantini, Louis Capaldi and all these great people, but what do you think as the music enthusiast? Well, I feel like... Palantini and Louis Capaldi, they've almost just kind of faded away a little bit. And I feel yeah. like we're about to get them back again because mm-hmm. they're playing at Transmit, of course, in the summer. Paolo's heading, headlining the Friday and Louis Capaldi's on the Sunday. So they, we're just kind of waiting to see what happens with them post-festival, I guess, to see what they're doing with new music. Uh, I think we're at a really, really interesting point with Scottish music at the moment where there just seems to be such a wave of new talent coming through. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll know how big Brooke Combs gotten after Sean's kind of talked about it at every given opportunity (laughs) and made her the cover star of Impulse last semester so she's been absolutely massive and she's playing Glastonbury just like it's absolutely mental to think that someone from Midlothian that's ages with us is playing at Glastonbury Mm -hmm. this year which it's absolutely mental Mm -hmm. you get people like Rianne Downey as well who's kind of come through and she's been really great Uh, I've been kind of listening to everything that the Snuts are putting out and they're playing the Saturday of Transmit which I'm going to really really keen to see them live for the first time and yeah I think it's a very very exciting time to be invested in Scottish music because there's just so many up and coming uh, musicians and bands coming through so we'll just need to kind of see how the future how the future goes. Yeah you're so right because when you know I was told about Brooke sort of performing at Glastonbury it was very much a jaw drop moment mm. Um, it's it, as you say it's crazy that someone so similar in age with us is actually going to be playing at such a massive festival. And I think we're going to see that a lot more recently. I think mm-hmm. over the past sort of maybe most recent years, the Scottish music scene has been a little bit slept on, but I think it's really coming back and it's thriving and it's come back really strong, which I love to see. Um, so, yeah, I also spoke with a couple of Edinburgh-based musicians and they were saying how important it is that um, artists, not even big artists, but you know, smaller up and coming ones, get access to grassroots music venues. How do you mm. think grassroots music venues are important for the likes of you know the the smaller guy, the small artist? Oh, it's absolutely crucial because how else are they meant to be getting their name out there? I know social media has played an absolutely massive role, especially during the COVID time that we've been living in. I think was it 
What's the boy that hangs at his window in Edinburgh? Is it Callum Bowie? Callum Bowie? Oh yeah, right enough. The guy. <laughs> he's he's on he's on TikTok and he's like he's the boy in Edinburgh that just sits at his window playing his guitar and he's kind of went viral for that. So social media has played a, lo- a large part, but grassroots music venues to think the likes of Sneaky Pete's and stuff like that in Edinburgh they're exactly. so so important. I, I, for my TV package that I did for uh, TV News last year, I, it's something I actually focused on was just the state of the underground scene in Edinburgh after the COVID pandemic and mm-hmm. everyone I spoke to just said yeah it's just been so so difficult to be able to kind of continue going and even having the motivation to keep going because we can't get crowds into venues and that's what these smaller artists need they just need people to expose their music to and then hopefully that starts snowballing into bigger and better things for them so just getting bands into these smaller venues even if they're even if just like performing a set in the background just someone might catch an ear and think oh these guys are pretty good we need to book them for something mm. and i've got a couple of mates who are in um, some bands in edinburgh and i've spoken to them about things and they've been saying that it has been really tough and they've just been so grateful that they've been able to come back into things and be able to perform live again because that's kind of what every musician wants to do really is just perform live at any given opportunity yeah. to an audience just ready to listen to them no, exactly. So true. Now, you also mentioned, obviously, TikTok is massive right now for new artists and musicians. I mean, Doja Cat is a prime example of that. Mm. She blew up overnight, basically, and now is a Grammy Award winner. But do you think that TikTok has kind of like taken away from music in a sense because it's maybe monopolising the market in a sense? You know, everything that we get now is just songs off of TikTok. Or do you think it actually is, you know, helping the little guy more? I think it can kind of go both ways because you'll have the naysayers to it, like, oh, it's not going to be real music if it's just been created for apps. But And I suppose you will have those artists who will make a song with the intention of going viral. Like, mm-hmm. they're not going to make it for their own artistry anymore and that's kind of where the conversation can come to a bit of a head. But I don't see any reason why a song that goes big on TikTok should be thought of as any less than a song that would go big due to the more normalise the more kind of entrenched roots of music through the charts and through record plays, whatever it would be. But obviously some tunes are just not going to land the same way. Mm-hmm. It was the, when they start doing like drill and trap remixes of the Wanted songs, like that's <laughs> where I kind of think I need to draw the line yeah. on TikTok for music. Like just leave that, none, none of that in modern music, please. But no, you've got like people like Doja Cat who are going to go big and... I mean, social media as a whole, I think, would Billie Eilish and Lil Nas X be as big as they are without their kind of social media marketing through Twitter? They went popular on Twitter for their personalities and they went, oh, we can make music as well. Mm-hmm. And they've gone on to win Grammys and Billie Eilish won an Oscar this year, didn't she? So yeah. things, social media can play such a huge role in getting the little guys up there and giving them such a massive platform. We spoke about Brooke Combe. It was her cover of uh, Yes or I Can Boogie that got her national attention mm-hmm. and then everyone realised this girl's actually a really, really promising musician. And look at her now. I know. Literally, she's doing so well for herself. Absolutely thriving. Loving her best life. And I have to say, I'm a little bit jealous, to be honest. I wish it was me. Same. Same. <laughs> but um, I also wanted to say, you had mentioned um, sort of like gigs that you've got this year. And I know that you do go to obviously quite a lot. But what else do you have coming up this year? Who are you most excited to see? I know you mentioned the snuts, but what else are you seeing? Well, I've only got a couple booked in at the moment. Me and a couple of my mates who I would usually go to every gig with back when I was still in school, uh, we've booked in to see four summer sessions in Glasgow at the start of July. So that's 
uh, Thundercat, Anderson Pack, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers all in the one night, nice. and that is really really exciting. Yeah. Then the only other thing I've got booked in just now is the Saturday Transmit. So I'm strangely excited to see Example live on that yeah. on main stage because I feel like that'll just be a really good laugh. Like just kick starts will take me back to when I was eleven years old again. But I'm in the Glasgow sunshine in the middle of July with my mates just having a great time. It'll be a really weird experience. But mm. yeah, just looking forward to actually being able to go to music events more regularly again because yeah. I really did miss it when COVID was around. No, for sure. I think that's like a massive thing as well. Everyone has like missed music so so much as you say with covid and now that we can get back we're not even missing the opportunity we're just seeing as many as we can and what i also really like to see is sort of bigger artists actually playing at smaller venues like Mm -hmm. i'm going to see olivia rodrigo and she's playing at the o2 in glasgow which i think is a 2000 cap venue which is absolutely crazy and i think it's just really really nice to see it's kind of supporting the sort of grassroots smaller venues yeah for sure um, and I'm going to see sort of like Billie Eilish and Harry Styles, which obviously will be unreal. But yeah. do you think um, Scottish crowds, I don't know if you've been to concerts elsewhere, but do you think that Scottish crowds have the same enthusiasm for music than maybe elsewhere? The only other, the only other concert I've been to out with Scotland was Sam Fender in Newcastle. So mm-hmm. that's like the closest thing that I can really attribute to it because that's Sam Fender in his hometown selling out the Oak 2 Academy for the first time. That oh, crowd was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it's just you see videos of like English crowds, like I don't think in any way, shape or form, there's a people as passionate about things <laughs> as the Scots because I can translate that into football. You see how fans in football celebrate a goal versus how fans in England celebrate a goal. Everyone in England phone out, need to record it, need to post a clip online. Whereas everyone in Scotland, they're trying not to knock out the person next to them. And it's the same, a gig, it, you, English crowds, and especially I've got a real penance for Coachella. Like I've just got, I don't really appreciate a Coachella crowd at all. That is the biggest in, uh, like Instagram draw of a, fre- a festival I've ever seen. Yeah. If I had the money, I'd go, but I feel like I would stick it like a, a sore thumb because I wouldn't be, I would be dressed in like a pair of shorts and a white t-shirt opposed to cover myself in diamonds and glitter or whatever everyone else does. <laughs> but no, I love a Scottish crowd. Every every artist that comes to Scotland says they love a Scottish crowd mm-hmm. and there's a good reason why people want to come to Scotland because they're just going to get an absolutely unreal energy off of everyone there watching them. No, exactly. I totally agree with you. Um, I find that when I go to concerts with Scottish people, it's very like community. Everyone's sort of getting in together, cheering together. I mean, of course, at the end when everyone's like, no Scotland, no party. It's so true. <laughs> um, I also actually spoke with Eddie Reader just a couple of weeks ago and she was mm-hmm. mentioning how she feels that Scottish music in particular is sort of filtered and subdued by Britishness. Would you agree with that? Um, I mean, we obviously spoke already about how more arts are coming out now, but have you ever felt that maybe we're a little bit like filtered by being British and not necessarily Scottish, like our roots? Yeah, I think I think a hundred percent because I mean, you think what what are the biggest UK tunes at the moment? You're thinking it's the kind of hip hop scene in mm-hmm. England. Realistically, you think of people like. Dave, Storms, AJ, Tracy, H, like these guys are flying the flag for the UK, mm-hmm. but Scotland just gets lumped in with that. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the case just in general. We can go into the kind of political side of things at a different conversation, I guess, but <laughs> for sticking with the music. I mean, yeah, it just, UK just gets generalised, especially overseas in America. Everyone just sees the UK and Britain as one city. They just see it as London, mm-hmm. realistically. Yeah. Like if you said someone on from Manchester, they're like, oh, where in London's that? 
Like it's it's weird, and they wouldn't even know what Edinburgh is or Glasgow is, let alone bloody like Stirling or Ayrshire. Like I mean, yeah. it's gonna be very very odd if you go over to America and you've got someone like. I don't know, Luke Lavolpe, who's from Edinburgh, and he's been kind of doing some really cool things. He's at Transmit this summer, and he went over to America, and he was like, oh, I'm from Midlothian. They would just look at him weird. Like, they'd be like, where's that? I don't know. I feel like Scotland has long been wanting its own identity from the UK in terms of music, sure. and I feel like the next wave of talent coming through could potentially look to scissor themselves off from the UK uh, music coverage and have Scottish music coverage as its own independent thing. I love that. And I think that is the perfect way to end our <laughs> podcast today. But thank you so much for joining me. It's been so much fun. And honestly, it has. Thanks for having me. Your answer's phenomenal, of course, because so true. <laughs> and I think everyone's going to agree with you in what you've said today. But I think we're both really excited to get back to music, get back to 100%. the gigs, see everyone that we love, and just celebrate Scottish music in general. Woohoo. Okay, well, thank you everybody <laughs> for listening. I have been Emma Barton and I was joined today by Jack Donnelly, and we hope to see you soon on the lineup.